Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome into this edition of the Golf Channel Podcast. I'm your host, Will Gray. Pleased to be joined on the phone today by World Series champion, Major League Baseball Hall of Famer, John Smoltz. John, thanks for taking the time to talk to us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, so it's the offseason right now for, for you as, as an analyst uh, with Major League Baseball and, and on Fox, but I need to get a, a tail of the tape here of your golf game. Where do things stand? I know it's busy for you once you get the MLB postseason, but you've had a few weeks. Is the game coming back around as we head towards the holidays? Uh, not yet. That's the only downside, right? I go uh, October 2nd, come home November 2nd. That's how long the series and all the series I covered. Uh, take personal vacations, start getting reacclimated with my clubs, and then you run into the, the weather scenario. So I've just learned about my golf game that whenever I'm in, in a place where I have to play a tournament or have to play a stretch of golf, I try to think like I've been playing great the whole time leading in, and that's easier said than done. So it's uh, it's not where I want to be, but I don't know if it ever is. Do you ever use uh, some of the, the mindset and mental approach that you used on the mound versus uh, how you approach amateur golf and tournament golf these days? I try to. You know, I'm, I've come to a point where physically you're limited as you get older, of course, and the one thing I'm probably more disappointed in is as an athlete for baseball for all those years, I had a regiment, a workout, and I was always in really good shape. Now, sitting seven to ten hours a day, broadcasting games, moving from place to place, i got to find a better regiment. And I'm trying, starting to work on that again. But, you know, hotel to hotel is just a little different than a routine that you're used to. And, you know, this, this game, even golf, if you don't pay attention to certain things, uh, it doesn't matter how mentally tough you are. You're going to have to address uh, the physical needs that, that, that it takes a toll on your body. Understandable, for sure. If, uh, if there's one problem area of your game, if there's one shot that you're working on right now, what's, what's on top of the list? You know, one thing that always comes up is I'm just an adequate golf uh, putter. I, I lip out a lot of putts. I, I don't make a ton of putts. And I, when I do, I'm streaky. And I and I, it's the one area I'd like to get better at, and 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 mechanically sound. I'm I'm a I'm a good putter. I'm just not a great putter, and I think that's a big difference when you feel like you can make the makeable putts and run in some that that don't. But I, as my pitching career, living on the corners, I'm tired of living <laughs> on the corners and the golf uh, greens where you just kind of catch part of the hole. So. Got to work on speed. Got to work on uh, the ability to hit my, uh, my, my spots when I'm putting. You don't have the umpire back there to kind of round up for you and give you, give you the mark as opposed to when you're on the mound. Uh, exactly. Now, I feel like you might be selling yourself a little bit short here. Let's talk numbers. I know you've been a scratch. You've been down around a plus two. If we look up the John Smoltz Handicap Index, what are we looking at right now? 
You're going to see plus two, and it's not been moved. I have not re- recorded a score in 10 years because people in my club <laughs> like to jack with me anyway, so I was figuring what's the difference. But I, I, I literally, um, you know, when I think about the game of golf and I think about the handicap system and how flawed it is, casually I can play with anybody. But it's really when you get in a tournament, managing your golf ball is the difference. Not everybody gets to play tournament golf, so you can't get handicaps that way. But it's so much different. You play your casual game, match play, per hole, whatever you want, and then you ask somebody to play stroke play, and they, they, they look at you like you, you you got four heads because that's just not what people are accustomed to doing. And and I think that's the big difference that I'm learning now is is managing the score and the scorecard in the golf course is way different than just free-willing it. Eh, I got a double bowl, you hit it out of bounds, just one hole, match play, doesn't matter, or something similar to that. We just got to patch you through to Mike Davis and the folks at the USGA. We can have the, the handicap system overhauled here before before the day is done. Yeah, you know, it, it really, it, in my humble opinion, it needs to change the way it's currently in its form, but that's for other smarter people to be able to handle that. There's certain courses whose slope and rating is not indicative at all of what kind of player you are, and most of the handicaps come from your home course. So depending on how that course is rated and depending on about the difficulty of it, uh, that when you can take your game and travel on the road, then you're where you need to be. But if you're really good at home and you get that carrying handicap of XYZ, it really doesn't mean a whole lot. It's just like baseball there. You, you pitch well at home, but it's another thing to uh, try and – and pitch just as well when you're on the road making that West Coast swing, all that stuff. No doubt. And you know the one thing I never used to understand as a casual fan of golf until you start playing East Coast, West Coast golf? I never used to understand why guys struggled so much from one coast to the other, and now I totally get it. If yeah. I go West and I play in those Poana-type greens, it probably ruins me for three months back on bent greens, which is what I'm accustomed to. So I get the difference now and how drastically different those surfaces are and how it can affect the way you roll the roll the golf ball. Well, plus two with no recent scores or, or otherwise, still pretty stout. In fact, I, I read uh, that at one point Tiger Woods, who you've played a fair amount of rounds with, called you the best golfer that he's seen outside of uh, the PGA Tours. And that's some pretty high praise from uh, a pretty decorated golfer in and of himself. But I, I would assume that you, like many of us, were watching a couple weeks ago when he made his return at the Hero World Challenge down at the Bahamas, and it seems like going into 2018, we might once again be blessed with a healthy Tiger Woods uh, on our television set. So what were your thoughts and takeaways from, from seeing Tiger at uh, the Hero? Yeah, I hope so. I was traveling a lot then. I didn't get a chance to see too much of the action, but I sure hope for the game of golf that Tiger can sustain a physical ability to play this game. Everyone has changed their thoughts about the demands physically and what this sport has now created. It used to be that anybody so-called non-athletes could play the sport. That's not the case anymore. There's demands that Tiger has changed the, the, the landscape of golf. And now for him personally, you know, I would, I hope that he can stay physically able to do the things he once did. And then if he gets the mental toughness back to where he once was, then you're seeing golf like we haven't seen it before, because the youth in golf has never been greater, right? That's almost universal in all the sports. You're seeing this fast-tracked, more capable, more polished, younger athlete than ever before, and they've been pushed to the technology and the advances that we have. Not all of it's good, because there's a lot more injuries that we've incurred, but but the byproduct of 
some of these dynamic players has definitely uh, changed the face of golf. Well, you mentioned the mental toughness. I think that's interesting. I wanted to get your take as, as a world-class athlete. Where's that balance when you're coming back from an injury, or in Tiger's case, multiple injuries, and you're trying to get physically to 100% versus working on your mental game and getting that toughness and getting that confidence back? It's kind of a chicken and egg debate for, I know, a lot of amateurs, but I wonder what your take was uh, as, as a professional athlete and what you need physically before you can really start working on the confidence yeah no doubt it does kind of go hand in hand and i don't know which leads uh you know which drives the other but i can tell you this having done it as long as i did that the physical awareness of your mechanics is crucial once you lose the awareness of your mechanics and that which makes you already a pretty good talent then mentally it can start affecting you so in other words if you know where the ball is in your hand when you're pitching and you're mechanically sound your mental aspect of the game will be what it is and it's kind of a component of personality versus determination of what you want to get done well if you lose the mechanics if you lose certain components of what makes you special whether it's you know the s word in golf which no one <laughs> wants to say and that starts creeping in i think you lose your mechanics first and then mentally you lose the edge so for tiger's aspect uh, i i think he's had such an edge over the field for so long that it's easier said than done that everyone assumes you'll just get that back. He has to have confidence in his physical ability, then confidence in his mechanics. And then I think, you know, the mental toughness that was probably greater than anybody in the history of our game that we've watched um, has a chance to come back. But I don't think it's so easy that you just regain it that quickly. He is 42. He has been out for a while. And there is a uh, sense that each athlete, whether they admit it or not, has to reprove to themselves first that they're able to do the things they once did. More times than not, most athletes try to prove it to everybody else first. And that shell game will end up exposing itself when you get in the grind in the, in the, in the areas that you once were comfortable and now you feel uncomfortable. We shall see what uh, lies in store for, for Tiger in 2018, but that's certainly an interesting dynamic to, to keep an eye on. I want to take a trip back down memory lane for you, or with you rather, uh, let's talk about when you're on that Braves pitching staff with Greg Maddox and Tom Glavin. Wonderful on-field results, but I want to talk about the golf because you guys tore it up playing, I believe, I, I read somewhere you, you played in one year over 70 of the top 100 courses in the country just kind of going around as the Major League Baseball season went through its, its schedule. But what was that like? Maybe what's one memory uh, that sticks out from the time that the three of you had on the course well, we had a blast, and one little correction: over the tenure of our time, we got to go. seventy. Okay, we got to seventy, and not, I don't want to put just... words in your mouth. Yeah, that would have been a busy. That would have been a busy year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but we had a blast because we separated the opportunities that we were professional in our task and in our job, and we never separated. We never took that for granted. But we had a blast outside of it. You had to be able to get away from the game. The game consuming you is is going to be a short-lived career. Our personalities, our egos were all checked in at the door when we come in and do our job. But we, uh, through my concierge type, uh, I created all the golf, set it up, got all the arrangements. They just had to show up, and then we had a lot of fun together because we were all very competent golfers. You know, we all had time to to be able to do that in between starting. Uh, I did it a little more than the than the other two. It was the rankings of me playing the most, Glavin second most, and and then Maddox would. Uh, you know, fill in the, but we had a standing foursome every time we, we, we wanted, if guys were able to play, uh, they, we never played the day we pitched. So when a five man rotation, five guys played golf, four would play when one guy would pitch and it kind of extended our career.
between you, Glavin, and Maddox over the, over the course of, of all the golf you played together, who ended up with the most uh, denominations, as Tiger Woods would, would call it? Who got the, the best? Well, you know what we would do, and, and this was the, the, the ability that kept it fresh. I would take on their two-on-one score. So they would win more than I would win, but, but it felt better when I would win. So I didn't have to worry about how many shots they gave them. I took on their best ball. And uh, we would go and compete. It was it was intriguing. It was fun. We never got to a point where anything was going to detour us away from our friendship and the competition. And and it was really truly uh, the best way to go about it. And we knew we were going to be together for at least five to seven years, right? We never knew it would be ten. For me and Matt McLavin, it was fifteen years together. So you gravitate towards each other and what you know they like. And um, I only had one rule. If you decided that you were going to play golf the next morning and you canceled, you had to pay a fee because I was setting this up. I was setting this up <laughs> with the idea that you guys were going to show. So most of the times they showed, and uh, most of the time we were able to stay fresh in a year that is very long. I like that idea. I could probably get a couple of no-show fees off my buddies here if I put that in pretty <laughs> soon. Uh, but you're coming down to uh, to our neck of the woods in Central Florida next month for the Diamond Resorts Invitational. So I got. Let's put it this way. You are, are in the field, Glavin is playing, Maddox is playing, and we have Mark Mulder, another pitcher who's the two-time defending champ. If you can only beat one of those three at the Diamond Resorts Invitational, who do you want to take down the most? 100% Mark Mulder. He's the best golfer in our field, along with Marty Fish. And when, you're comp when your competition is, I don't care what kind of competition you're in, even if you're out of your element, you want to, you want to climb the ladder of success to the highest level. And, Certainly, I've yet to win an event. I've come close a couple times, finishing second and third. But, uh, you know, we're talking about a young stud on the golf course right now. And uh, those two guys that I mentioned, Mark Mulders in the nice comfort of Arizona, beating balls pretty much every day, getting ready for a real tour someday, I would imagine. And uh, this has helped subsidizing his, uh, his ability. So, yes, that's who I'd like to beat. When you can hang uh, and hold your own at Whisper Rock as uh, Mark Mulder can, you know you're doing something right. But that, uh, that could be an interesting final round pairing maybe we can get between the two of you guys uh, next month down here. Well, i got to do my part. He's been doing his part. i just got to do my part to put myself in that situation. I've yet to get right. close enough. We've, we've been in the same group a couple times. One year I had the best of his unfortunate play, but for the most part he has dominated uh, golf over the last five years. Well, we shall see. It'll be, it'll be exciting to have both of you in, in the entire field for the Diamond Resorts Invitational down in our neck of the woods next month. I'll, I'll let you get out of here with a couple maybe off-the-wall ones. Did I read correctly that you are, are pretty much a master at the accordion? Is that correct? I was, but that was when I was four years old to the age of seven, so okay. I haven't played it since, yeah. Well, that's much more accordion than I would have played, but what was that like growing up with, uh, with that instrument? It taught me a lot of discipline, structure, <laughs> it was a lot of hard work. I had to uh, put in a lot of time to be able to do that at a young age that I think served me well for my career in sports and baseball. And, and it's just everything I've done in life. I've learned how to be prepared and that you can't wing it. And uh, you'll get exposed if you think you can just manili vanilla <laughs> the, the <laughs> instrument that you're playing or the job you're doing. There you go. Uh, all right, last but not least, I will show my age here. So I was eight years old living in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, a budding baseball fan when Sid Bream broke my baseball heart. Uh, I'm sure you very much enjoyed that moment. It's still a fresh wound for me. Do you have any suggestions on how I can heal from the 1992 NLCS? 
I, I totally feel your pain um, uh, in a different way, uh, <laughs> taking myself away from that. I've, I've, I'm a fan of the Detroit Lions, if that tells you anything. Okay, there you go. Okay. So all I can say is that I never dreamt that seeing that play would have been such a void for the Pirates as long as it, it, it did. Uh, nobody could have ever, ever imagined that, and you never want to see that happen. So certainly them becoming more relevant – would be uh, as important it is is for me in a bucket list list for me to go to a Super Bowl that the Lions play in. So at least the Pirates <laughs> family has had tremendous success and championships. And yes, it was a rough go, but the Lions have never been to the Super Bowl. So I don't know if that perspective helps you at all, but it was what I felt like that pains me the most. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, that. It, it seems like 2017, 2018 might not still be the year for the Lions, but there's no. always there's always that hope. You never know. Yeah. Well, uh, John Smoltz, uh, Major League Baseball Hall of Famer, World Series champion, thank you so much for joining us uh, on this Golf Channel podcast. We will look forward to reconnecting when you're down in Orlando next month for the Diamond Resorts Invitational. Thanks again for taking the time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, that was John Smoltz. I'm your host, Will Gray. This has been an edition of the Golf Channel podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Save big money and start your spring project with help from Menards. We offer a huge selection of body plants, veggies, and herbs to plant at home and grow yourself. Right now, all four and a half inch bonnie plants are on sale through May 5th. Head to the Menards Garden Center to get your garden growing and check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money.